Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you will enjoy this message today. Good afternoon. Thank you. I am ready to move. It, what a beautiful country. I, I told Jerry yesterday as we were walking from breakfast back to the room, I said, like, I'm in Australia. That's like, I've read about you. I've seen movies about you, but I've never been here. And it is, not only is the land beautiful, but really what makes it so special are the people. You have a beautiful accent. I heard today from somebody at the hotel that we have an accent. And I told her, oh no, we don't, you do. And I like your accent, it's beautiful. I like the way you say awesome, because we do sound terrible when we say awesome. It's true, isn't it? It just sounds righteous to say awesome. Um, I love your, 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 uh, your little terms, like a chin wag. I'm going to go back home saying chin wag, and people are going to look at me like, what are you talking about? Um, So there are just so many precious things. And yes, on Wednesday when we came, there were probably about 10 or 12 um, kangaroos. Now, that may not be a big deal to you. like, well, I think, I don't want to say Hardy called them little pesty things, but I was excited the only time I've ever seen them are in a zoo. And they were just all over the place. Now, I haven't seen them since, so I don't, I'm not sure what happened. But they were there to welcome us on Wednesday, and it was wonderful. Can you believe Foursquare is celebrating 100 years? Yes, that's pretty amazing. So we get to be a part of something that I'm assuming none of us will get to be a part of again for the next 100 years. Uh, I don't think any of us will be here anyway. But uh, I, just a little background, my grandmother was in Life, uh, Life Bible College when Sister Amy was the founder. My grandmother was baptized by Sister Amy. My grandmother was sent out from the U.S. at 19 years old to Bolivia to be a missionary in the junglest parts of Bolivia. And then my grandfather came down a few years later to Bolivia. They married and then they were sent to Colombia, where I was born. So I was born and raised in Colombia until I was 10 years old. I moved to the United States with my family at that age, learned English, and here we are a few, year, a few years later. But it was so wonderful to hear from my grandmother the stories of the beginnings of Foursquare. She passed away at, a, she was almost 102. And I tell people, oh, she was my young grandmother, my my Colombian grandmother was 109. Wow. So I, I told Vicky, I'm just getting started. <laughs> but it was just wonderful to hear of the stories of our beginnings. And, you know, God never starts something in strength to end it in weakness. He always goes from glory to glory to glory. And so we are not just looking back and saying, wasn't that wonderful that God did a mighty work back then? But we can look back and say, Lord, thank you for what you've begun. And thank you for what you're continuing. And thank you that you will finish what you've begun until the day of Jesus Christ. And we get to be a part of it. Regardless of the season of life, whether you think you're young or not as young or in the middle, or it, 
God called you for these days. And I think it's such a privilege. You know, those who don't have God feel overwhelmed by these days. Now, I'm not saying that these are easy days. <laughs> you just turn on the news for two minutes and you realize these are not easy days. But our perspective is different because we were made for these days. We were made for adversity. We, would, we were made for times where the world wouldn't know what to do. We were made for darkness because darkness needed light. And I have never been more excited to be in the kingdom of God. And I've never been more challenged and encouraged to be everything that God's called me to be because there's a greater need today than ever before. And just because we live in different countries, I found out still the same God. He still wants to do mighty works everywhere through his word and by his power. So I was asking, Lord, there were so many things in my heart. I said, Lord, what do you want to say? So he gave me something. I want to read something that he gave me to give to you. And this is the Lord speaking. He says, I have many things to say to my bride. I have fears I want to calm. I have new dreams I want to release. I have wisdom and understanding for the times I want to impart. I am ready to speak. I am ready to move by my spirit in undeniable power. I am ready, but I need you to be ready to receive. Set yourself apart from the normal and the natural. I am inviting you to myself. Come to me and receive from me. Let me do my work in you, and you'll be ready for me to do my work through you. These are the days of great exploits. And I have great exploits for you. So come, my bride. Come to me. I want to pray. Lord Jesus, our groom, our savior, our healer, our baptizer with the Holy Spirit, and our soon coming king, we thank you that you're inviting us to yourself. Yes, we're here in a building, in a conference, four square. But way beyond that, you yourself are inviting us to you because there are things you want to speak to us. There are dreams you want to impart. Lord, you want to do something in us that will ready us for the greatest days that we have seen in this nation through the body of Christ. And so we do set ourselves apart today. We set ourselves apart today in Jesus' name. I, I want to lead you through something. I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to flow today. But uh, you know what Hebrews 12 says? By the way, look at my Bible. It, it's little, huh? And you know what's exciting? I can see them with these glasses. <laughs> because at home I have a Bible like this big, right? But here is little, but it works. But I want to read to you from Hebrews 12. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross and it obviously goes on to some a beautiful passage but I felt like the Lord really is calling you to himself and if how many of you have known the Lord for more than 10 years that's a lot of us 20 years 
You know, you can become casual about the things of God. I love listening to new believers because they get so excited. God spoke to me. You know, when they hear, it's like God spoke to me. God used me. It's this beautiful, fresh, they've never experienced anything like it. And we as believers that have been around for a while loving Jesus have to awaken ourselves to the to the reality of how good God is and the fact that he does want to speak to us. And uh, so in these days, and, and, the, and it's just a couple, really a few hours together, but I feel like the Lord wants to deposit things in you. He wants to open your eyes to things you've never seen before. And he wants to refresh you, but we have to position ourselves to be able to receive what he wants to do. And so there were two things from Hebrews 12 that I felt like in order for us to really receive what the Lord has for us that we needed to do, and that was to lay aside every weight and the sin that easily ensnares us. Lay every, let aside every weight. Weight are the things that you're carrying that you know hold you back because they're heavy. They're the burdens that are beyond what God actually gave us. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. When you carry those heavy weights, what do they do? They prevent you from running. Barely run as it is. But, <laughs> right, when you're carrying a weight and you're carrying such weight, sometimes you can't even move. But there's also the sin that uh, is around or the sin that ensnares us. You know, it's interesting. The, the sin is really anything that is opposite from who God is and what he has said, right? So there are so many little areas in my life that I, I realize, oh, I, I'm thinking differently than you or I'm speaking differently than you or I'm saying uh, or I'm doing something differently than what you've said. So I need to acknowledge that and just say, Lord, that's sin, because it's, sin is anything, it's the missing the mark, anything that is different from who God is and what he says. But that word that easily ensnares us, you know that that is talking about the sin that is around us to keep us from running? Isn't that interesting? So both the weight and the sin, their purpose is the same, to keep us from being able to run this race with endurance. Because when there's weight, when there's pressure, when there's heaviness, what happens? It, you get tired. You get weary while doing good. And you either slow down or you stop. And then the sin, again, it may not be like a major sin. I don't know. I don't think there's, you know, categories, category A, B, and C. But you know what I'm talking about. But there are just things that we know God has said, and we're not walking in them. But the whole purpose of that, of both the weight and the sin, is so that we don't run the race that is set before us. And the Lord wants to address these things in our, in our hearts today, not with condemnation. He's so gracious. Isn't he wonderful that he doesn't come saying, you've known me for 30 years. Why are you still dealing with, you know what I'm talking about? He comes as a loving father saying, you've let some things in your heart that shouldn't be there. Come on. Let's address those. Why? Because I want to fill your heart with new things. He's so good. I, I grew up with an alcoholic dad, so I grew up knowing harshness. And it was hard for me to relate to a loving God who's tender. And when we are at our worst, he's at his best, right? With that tender mercy. 
And so there are weights. There are weights that you carry. There are weights because you are ministers of the gospel. You're workers of Christ, and the enemy is real. And he comes after us. He comes after our families. And there are things that become heavy in our lives. And the Lord is saying to us today, I want to do something over these next few days, but I need you to lay aside those things that are weighing you down and the sin. And the sin, the things that you know God has already said, do this or don't do this, that is ensnaring you and keeping you from running. But he's doing it with his tender mercies, with no condemnation, because he is that good. He is that good. So I want us to take just a few moments. Don't worry, I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to have you shout out your weight or sin. Aren't you relieved? I'm not going to prophetically call you out and say, I know the sin, <laughs> right? No, no, no. This is you and Jesus. This is you, Jesus, and we all have these things. We all have them. But I want you to take just a few moments, and let's start with the weight. And just close your eyes so you're not distracted. But what are the things that are weighing you down right now? It could be your family. It could be your marriage. It could be your finances. It could be the situation in our world. It could be relationships. It could be people that have turned against you. It could be disappointments. The weight you're feeling could very well be the role you're playing right now. So Lord Jesus, we choose today to lay aside that weight. We can't carry this weight. This weight will stop us from being able to run what you've called us to, to the race you've called us to run. You said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So we come to you today for those things that have been weighing us down, those things that have kept us from sleeping well, those things that are the pressure in our minds. Lord, thank you. We, we put them to the side. We get rid of them. We say, nope. I'm not going to carry this anymore. I'm putting that weight down. We cast every care, which is a weight, on you. We lay it aside at your feet. And we say, Lord, we can't carry it. But you never intended for us to carry it. Thank you that with you we have this great exchange, that we bring our heavy burdens and you give us your strength. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your peace that passes understanding. The peace that goes beyond what we see with our eyes. Lord, we surrender our families to you. The concern for our children or grandchildren, family members, Lord, we give them to you. We thank you that all of our children shall be taught by you, 
not just about you, but by you. This is part of the heritage as believers that you said all of our children would be taught by you. Even if they're not listening to us, Lord, you yourself will teach them. Thank you that our children will follow you all the days of their life. And if they're not following you now, Lord, they will come home. All of our households shall be saved. So we cast off those weights in Jesus' name. We cast off guilt for where we missed it. Some of you are dealing with the weight you carry is the guilt of the past. And there's somebody here you feel so guilty over the decisions your child is making because the enemy is just pointing finger and accusing you. If you would have only done this, if you would have only not done this. And the Lord said, that weight is keeping you from seeing what I have for you and from the joy of knowing that I am for your child and I'm working on their behalf. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for the great exchange. Our burden given to you for your strength and peace. Thank you, Lord. Make sure you just, again, if you haven't already, just said, Lord, I recognize this is a weight, and I give it to you. For those of you that are carrying such weight over the role that you play, the assignment that you have been given, cast that care and lay aside that weight. God is with you. Even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear or carry any weight because he himself is with you. So thank you, Lord. Without you, we can do nothing. We can't even fulfill our assignment without you. But we are not without you. So we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Ah. We thank you. Some of you are experiencing a joy again in your hearts because you recognize God is with me. The enemy has made you feel alone like you're carrying this by yourself and the Lord's saying, no, no, no. I'm carrying you. Let me carry you. I'm with you. No man shall be able to stand before you. As I was with Joshua and Moses and David, I am with you. I am no less committed to you that I was committed to them. I am the same Lord. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. We receive that refreshing and that joy again for our assignments. It's a privilege to serve you. It's a privilege to be a part of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And let's address the sin Again, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But it's so important to just say, Lord, I recognize this part of my life. It's off. And I declare that. I confess that. It is sin. I agree with you. It's sin. Again, that sin could be in your thoughts. It could be in your actions and your words and the motives of your heart. 
But as you confess it before him today and say, Lord, I agree with you, it's sin. He is faithful and he is just to forgive you for what you've confessed. But he goes beyond that. He cleanses you from all unrighteousness, those things that you don't even recognize that are wrong. He says, I'll just wash those. As you confess what you do know, I'll wash away what you don't know. Thank you, Lord. We receive your forgiveness. We receive your forgiveness right where you are. Just say, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. You are good. I trust you. You are a forgiving God. You're not holding this against me. You would be unjust if you would forgive me because you covenanted that you would forgive us. So we receive that forgiveness and that cleansing from all unrighteousness. We thank you that we are the righteousness of God because of you, Christ Jesus. We have right standing with the Father. Therefore, we can come in boldly to the throne of grace to receive grace and help in time of need. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you. Just, just take a few more seconds. And anything else that he wants to speak to you about or you need to just lay aside, then you do that. Thank you. We may be pastors and leaders, but we're humans, aren't we? Have you learned that? I am so, I, I don't know, I thought maybe once I hit 50, I would no longer be human. I'm human. I still need his forgiveness, his cleansing. I still need his mercy. But if we don't receive that cleansing and that forgiveness, it's hard to walk into that throne of grace and ask boldly. You know, my kids, when I have, we have grown kids and we have seven grandchildren, seven and under. It's a loud house. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But when they come over to the house, they don't say, oh, mom, would it be okay if we went in the refrigerator and got something? We're hungry. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you saw our children coming into our home and just timidly asking, could I have something to eat? What would you think about us as parents? You would think there's something wrong with those parents. But you know, we do that to God. We, because of the way we see ourselves or because of what we're going through or the sin or whatever, we come in with our heads down now, I'm not talking about humility, but I'm talking about in shame, feeling of failure. Any of you ever felt like a failure? Un unworthy? And we come in, and instead of coming in like sons and daughters of the king, knowing our rightful place, we come in and we don't ask big anymore because we don't deserve it. 
see shame and guilt and condemnation and that unworthiness and that feeling of failure keeps us from going back to that. It's a throne. Throne means authority. But it's a throne of grace. And he says, come boldly. Because we have a high priest who understands our weaknesses. Isn't that amazing? Jesus understands our weaknesses. Though he didn't sin, he understands. He says, so therefore you just come on into the throne where God sits. And you with boldness say, Father, I need your mercy. And I need your grace to help me because I have a need. I'm in time of need. And I need your strength. And, but come in with that boldness. Not as though we're asking an abusive father. But one who's established our ability to come right into the throne. Because we're going to have to ask some big things of God in the years to come, in the days to come. The days of asking small is not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. We're going to have to believe God for big things. See, my grandmother, the, the privilege that I had growing up with her is I'd hear the stories where there were no medical doctors in their area. They couldn't ask God for small because there was no Tylenol. There was no physician down the street. There was certainly not anything you could Google. It was God came through or you go see Jesus today. So they learned to ask big. But there was a response that matched the asking. And God wants to revive. It's part of our four-score heritage, too. But it's part of the heritage of believers. He wants to have you ask again for the impossible, for the things that he's promised in his word. Disappointment will keep us from asking big. I, I've been through that. I stopped asking. It was more like, well, if you want to, you go ahead. But that fear of disappointment keeps us from coming in boldly. And this weekend, the Lord wants you to ask some things again. For some of you, it's going to be again. For some of you, are things that God spoke to you, and you haven't talked to him about those things because you think it's too late or it's too far gone or there's no way now. And he's saying, would you address those things with me again? Would you ask of me again? Because he has great works that he wants to do in you and through you. Now, I'm going to close with this. I, I don't want to exaggerate. But because of the days we live in, this may be one of the most important gatherings you've ever had. And not because Jerry's a speaker or because I'm sharing, but because it's because of the times that we're in. These are critical times. And again, if, if we had no God, it's scary. But we've read the whole book. It goes well for us. We just want it to go well for a lot more people. But these are such critical days, such important days. And the Lord, uh, I was reading Proverbs 3, 5. You know it? You don't even have to have it up on the screen because you know it. It's a very Christianese uh, Bible verse, right? Trust the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. It's great to quote. It's great to teach children. It's great to put it to a song. It's not as great to actually do it. Right? And I was reading, trust the Lord with all your heart. And it was as though the Holy Spirit stopped me. And he put a little pause on that. He said, I'm talking about the trust like Noah had in me. Oh, not like, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. No. And I knew days are coming where it's going to require the kind of trust in me like Noah had in me. And then the Lord gave me a phrase that I've been sharing because it is, it is true that God, the times that we're in, God is leading us to build something we've never built for something that has never happened. That's what he began to teach me through, through this trust in the Lord with all your heart and Noah. And you know the story of Noah very well. Good man. God comes and interrupts his plans, says, I want you to build an ark. Excuse me, a what? A very big boat, <laughs> right? For the rain, there's going to be a flood. What is a flood? Think about it. No, we know the story, but God is coming and telling him things that there's not even a, a past experience for. He'd never seen an ark. He'd never been in a flood. There had never been a flood. The earth at that time, the water came from under, right? Didn't even come from the sky. There was no rain. So God comes and tells Noah, hey, there's going to be a lot of rain from the sky, so much so that it's going to cover the earth. So I need you to build a really big boat. So you're going to float on it. Think about that. Because back then, I'm sure they didn't have all the understanding of how heavy things could just float, right? And Noah stops doing whatever he was doing, farming, and dedicates himself to build something that he had never seen for something that he'd never heard of. These are the days we're in. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's not the normal, trust him. He's sweet, just trust him. No, it is, trust me and my voice like Noah trusted me to do something that he'd never done for something that had never happened. I don't know all the things that will come ahead in the years, uh, in the years ahead. But I do know that God is trying to use his leaders in the body of Christ in every nation. We have way more similarities than we do differences. Just your accent. <laughs> but he is trying to awaken us to trust him, to hear him, so that we do things that we would not do if we were leaning in our own understanding. Notice it says, trust the Lord with all. That means no reservation. And don't lean on your own understanding. We want to do both. And that's where the struggle comes. I trust you, but I really depend on what I think, what I've experienced, what I know, what I hear, what I see. God's almost saying, disregard everything you've known up to now and don't lean on it. It's not that it's wrong information. It's not that the things we've learned about God's word are wrong or no longer important. 
That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on it. What is leaning? You depend on it. You're putting all the weight on it. You're putting all the eggs in that one basket. Is that a saying in Australia? Oh, good. I barely can say it in English, in uh, uh, American, whatever you call that. (laughs) But don't put it all in. Don't lean on your own understanding. I had to pause as the Lord was teaching me this night, and I realized I trust you mostly, but I do depend on a lot of what I understand. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on what you already know, what you've already experienced, what you've already done, what you've already seen. In all your ways, all, for your family, for your finances, for where you live, your home, your ministry, your role, the vision, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And you know this because your leaders acknowledge that word yada. It doesn't mean casually know him. Acknowledge him. Know what he is saying to you. Know him so intimately that you know you know him in these areas. And what, is, what does it say? Proverbs 3, 5. And he will direct your paths. So when you're trusting and looking to him and not depending on yourself, you're aware of him. And he says, good, do that because I will actually lead you. I'll show you how to build an ark. I love that Noah, God did not just tell Noah, hey, build a very, very big boat. He gave him measurements, detail. He told him exactly what to do. Why? Because Noah had no frame of reference to create something like what God was saying. So if Noah was left to his own experience, he could not have built the ark. And we wouldn't be here. But he so trusted God that he began to put those wood pieces, the acacia wood and the gopher wood, and he began to put them together as God showed him. And it wasn't a small feat, and he couldn't hide it. (laughs) Right? I mean, that thing had, it was big, right? How do you hide that from your neighbors? Maybe a little, a little thing. But after a while, neighbors are like, what is wrong with Noah? That's all he's doing. He just builds that our bills, working, working on, working on that. Because some water's going to come from the sky. Right? Can you imagine his reputation? Everything. He must have sounded like a crazy man. Until... The rain started. And then he was so glad. He trusted in the Lord with all his heart and didn't depend on what he knew and had followed through on what God said. These are the days of trusting God like we've never trusted him. Not in the Christianese sense of, I trust him, sounds good. No, no, no. In the sense that we are so aware that the days we are in, we've never been here before. And the things that are coming have never happened before. And what he's asking us to do, we've never done before. Therefore, our eyes are so attentive on him that we are looking for his direction, for his instruction. And again, Proverbs 3, 5. 
and he will guide us. He will lead us. He will begin to give detail. You know what? As the Lord ministered this to me, I thought, so Lord, if we're building something we've never built for something that has never been, like, do we close the church and just quit, just start over? What, do we, what does that look like? I'm like, what do you mean we've never built this? How, what does that mean in practical? And again, I love the Holy Spirit. He is the best teacher. But he took me back through that passage of Noah, and he showed me. Notice that God told Noah, go get the gopher wood. Go get the acacia wood. Go get this. It was already in his environment. Noah was familiar with the materials that God was uh, uh, having him use. But they had never been put together in that way before. So it's not like God saying, Get rid of everything. <laughs> no. But he is saying, I have pieces that you're familiar with, but the way I'm going to have you put them together is going to be different. Otherwise, you'll keep building what you've already built, but it won't be enough when the rain comes. So we're in those days where I'm like, okay, Lord, so what pieces do we take? not just in the ministry, but even in our personal lives. What needs to be sifted out? What needs to be pruned? What needs to be brought in? And then how do we put these pieces together? And that's where, again, you're looking to him. You don't let the weight and the sin keep you from looking to Jesus and running this race. These are important days. But like I said, I have never been more excited to be a part of the body of Christ. Because in the midst of darkness, you know this, Isaiah 60. Oh, there's darkness, deep darkness. Deep darkness, deep darkness. You can't even see your, your hand in front of you. By the way, as we, you know, you, you go to a hotel, you're, it's a different uh, configuration from your room and... <laughs> Last night, Jerry got up, going into the bathroom, and then I hear, oh! <laughs> He'd forgotten that right outside, when you walk out of the bathroom, there's a wall. And you have to actually walk and go this way. He said, I wondered why it looks so dark. Boom! <laughs> I heard the, whoa! But that's what happens in darkness, right? It's so dark. You, <laughs> things that should be easy are not easy. So darkness covers the earth in deep darkness, but over you who have the Lord, his glory has risen over you. So you get up and shine because you're not under the same darkness. Light was made for darkness. We don't run away from the darkness. We run to the darkness to be light. And so may all that the Lord has for you and may all that he wants to speak to you, to open your eyes to, to awaken you to, to remind you, to deposit, to impart. May you this, these next few hours just say, yes, Jesus, I am looking to you. I am looking to you. I am trusting you, and I'm trusting in your guidance. I will not limit my days to what I've known, but I'm looking to you afresh and trusting you with everything. So, Lord, we commit that. We recommit that. As pastors and leaders, we recommit to trust you with all of our heart, 
not just most of our heart, with all of our heart. And we commit to not depend and rely and lean on what we understand and the knowledge that we have and the experience that we have. That is not what we depend on. But instead, Lord, we acknowledge you. We, we declare that, Jesus, you're our Lord. That coming to you and hearing from you is where the keys are. Lord, we acknowledge you in all of our ways, every way, every decision. We're acknowledging you. We're seeking after you. And you said you would direct us and like you did with Noah and gave him everything he needed to build what you'd called him to build. Lord, thank you that you will give to us all the instruction and the guidance that we need to do what you've called us to do in these days. And we thank you that this ark will not just be for us, but Lord, you're leading us to build arks so that many households are saved. Many households. Your heart is for those who don't know you. And we want to cooperate with you in your mission to see disciples made in every nation. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. To know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.